I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. Stafford to the Rams in a blockbuster. And yes, it moved the Vegas needle. Rams were 20 to 1 to win next year's Super Bowl, down to 15 to 1. Upgrade for the Rams. Deshaun Watson, what does this mean? A lot of people are looking at the hall for Stafford and saying, wow, Watson should get much, much more than that. But people are getting it wrong. What the true nature of this trade was, it wasn't just for Stafford. We'll start with that. Super Bowl market update. Odds about the same. Kansas City favored by three points with a little extra vig. No movement there. Total drops another half point. 56 is the over-under. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live on Monday of Super Bowl week. And no, not broadcasting from the Super Bowl as we did the last two years. But no one is. And I'm in the place I'd rather be if not there in a perfect world. Las Vegas in studio, Steve Fezzik. How you feeling, Fez? I feel good. Good. It is Christmas week for betters, RJ. Super Bowl week. Christmas. Christmas is when you give, not when you take. <laughs> so do you really think this is, is this Christmas week if you're a kid? Yes. Kid at heart. So in, in that analogy, the bookies are Santa Claus or, or let's say generous because they want to give you money. Just works out that way. You got to wonder when the day's going to come. They just say, that's it. That Fezzik fellow, forget about him. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans are no more than their buddies. What a show. We are jam-packed. We're the pros. He's in L.A. He's the Joe, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we gear up for Super Bowl 55, it is officially Super Bowl week here on Fox Sports Radio. And we've got a couple of big-time quarterbacks on the move. What is the Vegas lead here on this Monday? I think we have one big-time quarterback (laughs) on the move. But that's the question, right? Because if we look at this trade, I think we're going to – I know we're going to look at this trade from uh, multiple angles – I think the most important one is, I don't know, 70% of the analysts, it seems, are getting it wrong what the true nature of this trade was. Yeah, it was a blockbuster trade over the weekend. The Rams and Lions pull it off. It was Detroit sending quarterback Matthew Stafford to L.A. in exchange for quarterback Jared Goff, two first-round picks and a third. Okay, so I tweeted out a little visual aid. So if you want to follow along, at RJ in Vegas. And here is how I look at this trade, and everybody literally to a man that I respect, that I've heard, I haven't heard from everyone I respect, but there isn't one dissenting voice that this is correct, but it's not really being discussed as much as it should be. So as Jonas said, number one, number one, number three, and Jared Goff all goes to the Lions, 
Lions give up. Stafford goes to the Rams. Seems like, wow, he's getting, you know, trading quarterbacks. Yeah, maybe Stafford's better, but two number ones on top of getting golf and a three, what's going on? Well, you're right. Your instincts of saying, wow, what's going on is it's not what you think. And I think the fair way to say this is that Stafford went for a one and a three. And then Goff went dragging behind him, as my visual aid shows, a big ball and chain. And the ball has a big name on it, contract. He's bringing this contract with him. He's dragging it. And you know what's on his back? Another number one pick. It's like if you got some cousin you're trying to send off somewhere and no one likes his cousin, I don't know. Whatever they like at the house you're sending them to, give them a big bowl of spaghetti or big pot. Give them, you know, if it's legal, marijuana. Whatever you got to give, come with the gift because no one wants his cousin there. Now, listen, golf as a player has value at a veteran minimum contract. He has real value. As a highly paid with years of guarantees left player, he's not. He has a net negative value. Right now, the Detroit Lions could not trade Jared Goff for the seventh round pick in 2047. <laughs> they couldn't. They couldn't. They will they couldn't get anything for Jared Goff. To trade him, they'd have to throw probably a number. Well, their number one, maybe not. Maybe a two and a four, and they'd get back like a seven in, in six years because it would look embarrassing if they didn't send a pick. I think they might legally have to. I don't know. But <laughs> does it matter? All right? So if I'm right about this, all of the, well, let's extrapolate from here that we've heard about Deshaun Watson and other things, it all goes out the window. Fez, is there anything about this that you disagree with? And we'll go to Jonas after. No, spot on agree. And just to emphasize, it's not that Goff isn't a helpful player to your team. You just can't pay him $30 mil a year. I mean, here's the reality, though. Does Goff get as much as uh, Marcus Mariota? Right? What was he, $8, 9000000 million, I think? Yeah, yeah and they're very, they're very comparable players. Yeah, I'm not sure I wouldn't want Mariota, but it's a close call. Yes. What do you think, Jonas? Yeah, no, this was clearly the price of doing business to get out of a bad contract. Uh, they wanted to move on. They uh, they thought they could upgrade the position, and the Rams have shown we don't value late first-round draft picks like a lot of teams do, and it, and it makes sense. I mean, draft picks, there's no guarantees, and especially the later you get in the draft, the, the guarantees become less and less as far as the quality of player that you're going to be getting. So they looked at it and said – yeah, late first-round draft picks are nice, but an established quarterback that's an upgrade at the position, we feel better about that. That's Jonas Knox. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas breaking down the truth of the Stafford transaction with Goff. Now, Jonas said a couple of things interesting there. One is the implicit assumption is the Rams will not be picking early. They'll be picking late. But you know what? I think that's likely late picks, not early picks. But where do you think Houston with Deshaun Watson thought they were going to be picking when they traded two number ones for Tunzel? Mm. Right? Well, this year it's a three. Now, we could say, well, it's a shame Deshaun Watson got hurt. No, he actually had his best season ever, and still they're picking third. How that happened, I still don't understand, to be honest. 
we got to kind of understand, though, it did happen. And that feels connected in a way to Stafford, which we're going to get to, which is as much as the, the characteristics guys, the talent guys, oh, look at the way he makes that throw, the ones that have a sheet out and they're putting numbers on his body parts or whatever. I'm not a scout. Some people are, I guess. I, I never knew they were, but they are. The tradespeople are saying, again, there are true scouts out there, true front office personnel, and I listen closely, especially the ones that seem to tell it straight. A lot of the guys that talk about trades aren't that. I'm not that. I'm not a scout. So I tend to look at results. And Stafford's had one, you know, 11-5 season. Now you can say, well, that's the season that he had a top 10 defense, and that's the truth of it. Okay. But Fez, isn't one of our assumptions is the worst you can do with a truly elite quarterback in the NFL in the modern era, the worst your record's going to be a 7-9 and nine because in every other case – Big Ben, let's go down the list. Aaron Rodgers, Brady, uh, Peyton Manning. I'm not sure who Wilson. else. Wilson, maybe. I don't. Again, you love Wilson. You love him. I mean, Jimmy G's out. Wilson's in, <laughs> yeah. but he's on the border to me. But let's say if you include Wilson, then who's in the next tier? Stafford's got to be in that next bundling. I'm saying over the last ten years or so, not so much yeah. today. So the question is, how was it that every other Super League quarterback, the worst was when they had the worst defense in the history of the NFL, like Drew Brees had a year or two there, one of the worst. They won seven games still, even without Sean Payton one of those years, if I recall. But Stafford lost more than nine, won less than seven time after time. Is it that Detroit's just that bad? I don't know. You got an answer, John? Detroit's, I don't know. Detroit's not that bad on offense. They got playmakers. I mean, they're oh, bad on defense. About if you just look at the whole team over his career, hmm. he had more. If you say, assume that Stafford's in that top tier list. Now say, tell me the times that top tier list has won less than seven games. There's only Stafford on that list, only him, and now Deshaun Watson. And in every other case, the super elites never. And again, the seven and nine was the real aberration for the Saints. Other than that, Brady's worst year. Well, we can say that's Belichick, but now I'm hearing it's not Belichick. I don't know. Peyton Manning's worst year. I, don't, I mean, after a, a year or two in, when he became so elite, Big Ben's worst year. Aaron Rodgers, when he wasn't hurt. Now, when he got hurt, they would go four and twelve. But why is it if these, if Stafford should be in this tier? Yeah, maybe he didn't win Super Bowls. Because he couldn't with that team. But shouldn't he go nine and seven some of these years that maybe he went five and, you know, 11? Well, he's not in, he doesn't belong in the elite tier. He belongs in the above average tier. Oh, no, that's a, above average. So <laughs> over the last 10 years, and I, well, let's do this. I'm, I'll give you the question first. And I'm going to go to Jonas. The question is going to be if you take the average of where Stafford's been the last his career, where would he go? You ponder. Jonas, do you see the lack of winning as a concern with the Lions for Stafford? Yeah, because he's got to take some of the blame. I'm not saying it's all him. We know the organization's had issues, and they've had issues with, you know, revolving door of coaches and and great players who have had their run-ins with the organization, like Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, who left on bad terms. So all of that is true. We know that Matt Stafford's a good quarterback based on what we've seen him do on the field. I still think the jury's out as to whether or not he's this quote-unquote elite quarterback or top eight or ten guy, and this is going to be answered this season in L.A., which is what makes this a fascinating watch. 
So you think the jury is out? So it's undecided. Yeah. If Stafford's a top ten, you said eight or ten. I thought the question was five, six, seven. You're saying maybe he's eleven, maybe he's twelve. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Wow, that's Jonas Knox. Hot take, flame throwing. <laughs> I'm RJ Bell. Fez, where do you got over the course of that the, that what twelve year career? Ninth. Well, you know I'm going to ask you really Uh-oh, quick. Oh, I, I, I don't have. <laughs> so you just randomly. Came I randomly night. came. I've got. Crazy. You had all that time. What were you thinking about dinner tonight? Well, because I got guys that are retiring and going well, back. Well, that's and... why you're a professional on 225 stations. So, what were you thinking about when Jonas was answering? Well, I was thinking where I have him currently ranked 11th, and uh-huh. he's and he's a little bit worse now than I think over his body of work. So I said, you know what, ninth seems like a reasonable number. And then for the other two minutes, you did what? It's listening to you. Listening closely, huh? <laughs> That's Steve Fezzik. <laughs> There's always a first. I'm R.J. Bell. What do you think? I mean, Jones, that's interesting. Then this trade wasn't, even for the idea of a first and, and a third, I don't know if that's a, a good trade. I got, now, remember, there's a few other mitigating factors. First of all, I disagree with you guys. What I won't do is put them in the first tier because it's back to my theory. There's something about winning that isn't in the stats. Some people do it. Some people don't. And Stafford doesn't seem like the guy that can just lead a team. He, you know, Let's be honest. Calvin Johnson played with him how many years? Can you check that, McKenzie? Yep. Pregame.com research. I mean, some would say the most talented receiver of all time is Calvin Johnson. He's certainly on – Jones, wouldn't you agree most top five lists? Yeah, as far as just physical skill set, yeah, Calvin Johnson's up there for sure. Yeah. So you have a top five from the history of time. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss. I'm not sure who else is clearly ahead of him on that list. I'm not saying I agree that he's third, but he's right there. So you have the best receiver or one of the best receivers of all time. You're playing a dome, which means you should have a dominant home field if you're any good. Mm-hmm. And they did nothing. <laughs> I mean, like nothing that matters. The Rams did more this year with Jared Goff by winning one playoff game than they did. So six seasons from 2009 to 2015, Calvin Johnson, Stafford, and nothing that mattered. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. All right. Why else maybe was this trade not as big as it seems? Well, we talked about Goff and his contract, and he had to bring a number one with him as a housewarming gift. That's fine. But also, there's no number one this year. And there's the basic time value of money, which is something in the future is worth less than it is now. Now, the Steelers a couple years ago traded a uh, third-round pick, next year for a fourth-round pick that year. Now, I'm not saying it was to the Browns. I just remember that transaction. I'm not saying... Now, again, Pittsburgh assumed they were going to be late, right? And, uh, drafting, and Cleveland assumed they'd be early, or they were early, I guess, that year. So, that proves that there is a sense that something in the future is worth less. So, since the number three is the only um uh, draft choice this year there is that delayed gratification which makes it all worth a little bit less all right also stafford has a really team friendly contract uh i think i heard colin i know i heard colin today on the herd right here in fsr say that actually the dead cap hit still from golf next year is bigger than stafford's cap hit 
Hmm. So Stafford's about 22 mil, I think. Yeah, Jones, does like that, that sound right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I think I saw that number thrown out. Yeah. And they got a couple years left on that deal. Yeah. So if he did a new contract today, I mean, Stafford's getting 32 or 33. And they've already and they've made it clear that there's no contract extension for Stafford. That wasn't, you know, a prerequisite that he needs a contract extension. He's going to play out the remainder of the deal now. Currently, well, at least I mean, I heard everything you said. Do you think? Because I mean, I would be not that I'm trying to bait you into a bet, but I would bet not soliciting anyone in particular. Fez, you can take me. <laughs> is I bet Stafford will before he plays a snap in the last year of that or his final snap the last year of that contract he'll be resigned. Yes. But I think Jonas is right that it's not going to happen before this season. Yeah, that, yeah, and that's that. If this season goes well, I could see the Rams trying to figure out. They'd a way be to smart too at that point. Yeah, Keep exactly. him happy, yeah. lock him up. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. But they get one year without having to. Yep. Yeah. Though it'd be a catastrophe if they didn't resign him, because what do you got at that point? Yeah, you know. So, um, it's been was it eight straight years that they're not going to have a number one? Their now last think about number that. one they, was Goff. Goff was Goff their was last sixteen, one pick. right? Yeah, and they won't have it again. So let's think about this: seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. Yeah, it's going to be eight. Straight years between number or more, another year, you know, between number ones. And it's not just the value of the number one pick. It's the fact that the the contract is so friendly to the team, right, that a lot of those players have, have more value than it would seem. Spot on. Now, think about this. What team in the NFL in the last 10 years has built a winning team through free agency? Because effectively, though the Rams have re-signed their own people, they've been a bunch of jumbo contracts, or you know more than a few, and then a bunch of cheap people. But the way you get cheap people is a high draft choice, right? Oh, look, at number seven. That's why what Belichick did and Brady with the Patriots is just so amazing. They kept, because think of the other teams. What you have is even with an Aaron Rodgers, you usually cycle through Super Bowl contender, and then the draft. Then as you do well, the draft choices get worse. So now you have a couple years where you're maybe nine and seven, and then you're back again. There's a randomness too, because maybe you hit on the draft. Like look at the Saints. The Saints were trending down a little bit. Then they hit on that draft. Got Lattimore. Got some defenders. Got Kamara. All of a sudden, it's like they were back. Right. That was great drafting. Drafting. The Rams aren't even going to have that chance. So this would be my. Vegas takeaway, and Fez, I think you're going to agree with this because you kind of taught me this concept, the idea that some teams are great the first game of the year when the health is secure and, you know, assuming no one got hurt in preseason. In theory, the Rams are right up there as a Super Bowl contender. But what's the odds of them not having at least one major injury to now, you know, now you got Stafford, you got uh, Donald, you've got uh, Ramsey. Uh, Whitworth. Yeah, he's getting older. Only but two wide receivers instead of three now. If they stay healthy, they're a thin team. They could, But most teams don't stay healthy. Right. So it's one of those things. The Rams could be three, four points worse based on an injury or two. And what was your upgrade from Staff- Goff to Stafford? Two points. Well, that doesn't seem like enough. So let's do this. Let's take our first break. And when we come back... 
I want you to tell me how many wins this was worth because you can actually do it by points, right? So how many additional games do we expect the Rams to win because they have Stafford? And I'm going to break down even more stats when it comes to how good he really is. And one in particular is going to be really surprising. And it's against him. I can't lie. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against I'm Archie Bell. We are Straight Out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a closer look at the big trade in the NFL over the weekend. What's it mean to Watson? And then before the end of the hour, we're going to do, we doing five fez, do's and don'ts of prop betting. Sounds good. You got your list? No. Hmm. <laughs> well, we, if, I, if I told you that you got, you know, maybe 20 minutes to get it together, you're going to come and give me one and say you just were thinking about pork chops the rest of the time? I'll give you seven. No, thank you. Five's enough, but we'll talk about it. It's going to be good. I've got my list. Chances of yours even busting through was slim, but we'll see what happens. Great day to join. Might be a little confrontation. Some people like that. <laughs> this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to finish the Super Bowl week strong, strong, and then strong after that. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Right here in Las Vegas on the Strip, 61 degrees, the neon is oscillating. It was the big trade over the weekend, the Rams and the Lions, two quarterbacks exchanging teams, Matt Stafford on his way to L.A., Jared Goff is now a Detroit Lion, along with two first-round picks and a third. So we talked about the dead money hitting the cap. So the way the NFL does it is they say, yeah, if you trade someone, you get some relief. I mean, someone took them. But you don't get total relief. We want people staying put, pretty much. And it's good thinking, right? A mercenary league in which, you know, you're just rooting for the laundry. As a Steelers fan, I can tell you that one of the, in fact, at the Super Bowl, I got to meet him the only time, and is Heinz Ward, you know, a great Steeler. He got pretty ruthlessly, you know, I could have saw another year with him. Now, listen, I'm no scout, but. He had multiple offers, published reports for other teams. One more year, mm. said, nah. He goes, I remember Joe Namath with the Rams. You know, we can go through the list, right? Montana at least went, you know. But that last kind of sad year, he didn't want those, even those pictures of him in another uniform. To me, that is awesome. Now, we can say, yeah, but he made millions. It wasn't that hard. He's like, well, who else? You know, not many others do that. And as a fan, I love that. I love the big bent, though I'm not sure one year wouldn't be so bad with Ben in another uniform considering this contract. But still, in general, I love, you know, Pouncey retired or is retiring. I'm not sure if he made it official. And you look at the Steelers, it's like they've had like four centers since 1975. And every one of them's either in the Hall of Fame or I think Pouncey will probably make it. I mean, there's something amazing. And then you look at the coaches, right? Chuck Nolan, 69. Cower, Tomlin, end of list. 50 years. Wow. And the NFL is incentivizing that. 
Now, the fact that the Lions, you know, seemingly were comfortable letting Stafford go, I think that's sad in a way. And, you know, Jonas, you follow these kind of things. We should get Bernie Fratto's thoughts on this, too. You know, McKenzie, maybe text him and see if he wants to give us a statement. Bernie's a, a Detroit native, and he hosts the Straight Out of Vegas on the weekend, 11 o'clock Pacific on Saturday night. So 11 to midnight Pacific, Saturday night, an hour. And everything I'm hearing from Detroit people is Stafford embraced the city. That he wasn't, you know, he went to Georgia. He didn't grow up anywhere near Detroit. And he came in and was just part of the city. And it seems like that the people from Detroit almost like him better than the team. So they're saying, it's almost like if you're with your sister or brother in an abusive household, you're like, run, sis, run. You want her to get away, even if you can't get away. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm not saying that was exactly the case, but I can envision it. They're saying, run, run, Matt, run. And not feeling sad for themselves. But, boy, there's a lot of love for a guy that hasn't won many games. Is that what you've seen, Jones? Yeah, yeah, there is. It's similar to, if, I don't know if you remember Darren Dalton. When Darren Dalton left the Phillies, he was a longtime oh, Philly okay. and, went, yeah. and went, went to the Marlins and ended up winning that World Series. So many people were happy for him. Same with Wade Boggs. Remember Wade Boggs? Although he was a Yankee, and so people weren't thrilled with that. But they just like the idea of a guy who played hard. And the one thing you can say about Stafford He's played with injuries, and there's been a lot of them, which is also something that should be considered uh, about his future moving forward. But he's really grinded there in Detroit, embraced that city, has a great reputation with the fans and and all the stuff he does off the field. And so I think there is a lot of that. We understand where we are, and we understand where you're going, and so they appreciate him for it. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you're saying because – But the one thing I'm not sure how to take is the injury thing. Because if you go to Pro Football Reference and just look at his stats, it's 16, 16, 16. And then he had the eight last year, right? Which he had a great half a season. We were talking about him comeback player of the year. We were high on him. I think he fell a little short. Though Galladay and the injuries they had on with the playmakers were really substantial. Yeah. Some would say, Fez, I think you were on the list. Not since T.Y. Hilton has there been a receiver so vital <laughs> to a team, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I was really impressed by Stafford. Remember, he played that one game against Carolina with the, the messed up thumb, and he couldn't play at all, and he gutted it out, lost 20 to nothing, never blamed it on his, on his injury. And one of the things that I'm fascinated to see how it plays out, the Rams like to run the football. Like they're they're a power running team, and that's really where they, you know, they, everyone looks at them as a, a high passing offense and all that. They really like to run the football. In his entire time in Detroit, Matt Stafford had 11. 100-yard rushing games from a running back. He had 11 his entire time there. So he's never had consistent running help, and the Rams are going to provide him that, and I wonder if it's going to really lighten the load, and maybe it's going to do wonders to his body as well, too. But that's the catch-22, though. Is it that they didn't respect the pass enough to make running easy? Because in some way, the old run to set up the pass, in a way that's been debunked, at least in the modern era, where if you are able to pass, it makes it easier to run. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't cut in both directions, but it's back to that question of the performance hasn't been there as much as the talent. I'll say one last thing about his toughness and grittiness. You hear these guys that really aren't afraid to call guys a little soft, a little talking about his grittiness. So, for a number, if you hear number one pick underperformed, 
you're thinking he's a prima donna, he's not a city guy, he's not a team guy, he's not tough enough, he doesn't want to stay in that pocket for that hit. He passes the test on all that. So he yeah. passes the test on the traits. He, Matt Stafford passes the test on grittiness, uh, being a good teammate. But he, does, he hasn't won, even to the degree you'd expect for the talent around him. Is that a coincidence? Is that something about Detroit? Or is it something about him that we're going to now see when he's in the bright lights and he should win? Fez? Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think he's still young enough. and So really, you're saying nothing. You're saying, he. I think there's a chance he's going to do well, but I'm cautious because you know what? I think he's he going might... to do well. I think that he's going to have a breakout year and go back to being a top 10 quarterback. <laughs> he's back in your top 10 yes. list. Oh, my gosh. He, I mean, that would be like his own little MVP. <laughs> That's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. Bernie Frado, we have a quote. That's a, the news department. Quick turnaround there. <laughs> and, and again, I've seen Bernie drafting documents for his presentations, he does not write quickly. He's got a sentence here, too. He played hard and he played hurt, but only managed 10 wins versus winning teams in 12 years. Oomfa. 12 years, 10 wins. They're playing half their games at home, right? Yeah. And that means a 9-7 and seven team, if they beat them, would be a win. Ugh. Are you cautiously optimistic or extra cautious, but some optimism. No, I'm optimistic. Oh, you just got backed in a corner. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. We promised it. How much in Steve Fezzik's assessment, how many wins is this trade worth? I'm going to make the following case. I think the number is going to be underwhelming. And let's put it into context. To trade Goff for Stafford, they had to give up Goff, two number ones, and a three. Now, understood, the assumption is, as we led the show with, Goff and his contracts so bad, so expensive, they had to throw a number one in, one of those, to get rid of him. But still, net-net, there's what they have now is Stafford, they don't have Goff and two future number ones in this year's number three. How much is that haul going to get them in wins, Fez? One extra win. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I think you're wrong about the two points. I tell you this. If you're right, the Rams are wrong. Let's agree with that. Yes. Do you think maybe, just maybe, McVay knows more about Goff than you? Probably so, and I can't help Are it. you cautiously optimistic? Oh, I'm cautiously pessimistic with Goff and him not even wanting to play in the playoffs against Seattle. McVeigh going with John Wolford. Yeah, Goff wanted to play, but that was probably the statement, he's out of here no matter what, because you don't do that unless he's out of there no matter what. When we come back, the five do's and don'ts of betting the props. It's kind of like give a man a fish sandwich he eats for today, teach a man a fish he eats forever. Well, we're going to teach you to fish for winning prop bets. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And RJ, Super Bowl Sunday approaching, and it is prop bet season in the world of sports gambling. So according to the voice of Vegas, what are the do's and don'ts as we head to Sunday? Next stop, Vegas, please. All right, Fazzy, let's do it. I'm going to let you start, and then when you fall short, and I don't think you necessarily will. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll jump in. Do and don't, number one. Do look to bet two-sided props. There's only two possible outcomes. All right, so over-under number of yards from a homes, over-under rushing yards. But there's other things, right? So give some examples of two-sided that aren't an over-under a stat. So will Tom Brady throw an interception, yes or no? Now, why is it important to be two-sided? Because there, the bookie can't hide extra vig because you're laying a dollar ten in each direction. If he wants to charge you more, you or see. Or maybe it. they're laying more. Yeah, dollar ten in each direction, a twenty cent straddle, so it might be minus one fifty plus one thirty. That is obvious. If he goes beyond that, you got twenty twenty-five. Let's use an example: first touchdown props. Buried in there, oftentimes there's going to be 30, 40% VIG. What's the VIG on minus 110, minus 110? Less than 5%. So think about it. They're charging you six, seven times as much vigorish, oftentimes when you're doing the multiple possible winners, the many possible winners. Don't forget, this is an overarching rule of betting. Bookies are cockroaches. Cockroaches, yeah. It's true. I wish it weren't, but it's true. That's number one. Two-sided bets where you can see. And remember, you don't do one-sided bets. Will an alien land at <laughs> halftime? 5,000 to one. Well, can I bet no? You know? No, you can't. You know you're in trouble if they only let you bet one side. If they let you bet many sides, they're probably hiding a bunch of vig. When it's two sides... They're not hiding anything. You get to decide. Pretty good so far. Number two. If you're going to bet a popular player to overperform and you want to bet on that player over, bet it early because it's more than likely going to go higher once the public gets a hold of it. Yeah, and the public, in theory, could bet today. But let's be candid. People like to bet instant gratification. They want to keep that money in their pocket. Who knows? A poker game might break out. So usually the pros bet early. You were down at the Westgate last week. How many? What's your bet count, prop count right now? 24. I mean, this guy's got 24 in pocket. <laughs> I mean, you don't get a mansion and a yacht sitting around. So, yeah, I mean, your goal is to sit on the you know, yacht, but still, you got to work for it. A lot of recreational bettors are saying, I don't have any. Well, don't force it. But if you do like overs, and especially overs on popular players, the public seems to want to bet that. Historically, certainly, and thus it's going to go up. If you like the underweight, like the overs, now you're not going to be right about this all the time, but you're going to be right 60 plus percent of the time. Yeah, the Mahomes, the Kelseys, the Hills. Yeah, but you're not sure even on that. But in general, if you do your rule, is you bet early if you like the overs, late if you like the unders, you're going to get the better odds at least 60 percent of the time. Yes. Number three. Number three, look to avoid long shot. Bets that pay like five to one, eight to one. Well, I don't agree with that. Hmm. I think a little bit, but I think it's the lottery ticket bets that are really tough because they're usually combined with the multiple possible winners. But also things like, will there be, like, let's say some of the most common ones, will there be a safety? Though that's hit a lot, uh, and we can debate that. That's a whole other debate. But things like miss extra point, will there be an overtime? 
The pros tend to do what in those games? They tend to lay the extra vig and bet no overtime, even though they got to go ahead and lay 10 to make it dollar. Because the odds say they should be laying, let's say, 15. Yes. And isn't that exactly what the casino does? Think about owning a casino. You think, oh my gosh, I'd love to own a casino. How great would that be? Okay, well, what are you laying if someone plays roulette? Someone comes up drunk, they play roulette. What are they laying? They're literally saying the casino owner is, hey, you bet a dollar, we'll pay you 35 if you win. Well, that sounds horrible, right? Except the odds are worse than that. So thus the casinos build big chandeliers from it. You can be like the casino saying, I'm willing to bet 10 to win one if the odds should be 15. Yes. All right. The final one is mine. It's game flow handicapping. How do you expect the game to go? If you think Tampa's going to win the game, then chances are Tom Brady's not going to throw much at all. Now he's going to throw, but he won't throw near as much as you might think. Why? Because Tampa historically this year runs a lot early. First down, second down, right in the middle to get the flow of the game, right? To whatever they're doing. A lot of the analytics people hate it. Remember, Brady in nine Super Bowls, his total points scored, his teams in the first quarter, is three. Not an average of three for 27. No, combined. It's three. They've scored in one Super Bowl, and that's it. In the first quarter, they start slow. Now, is that Belichick? Is that Brady? We don't know. But if you think Tampa's going to win the game, chances are you might want to look under for Brady. Right? If you think Mahomes is going to have a monster day, well, it's going to affect your side bet. But now you want to go maybe over Mahomes, over Hill, Kelsey. Whatever your handicap is, think, does this prop bet line up with my handicap? Doesn't mean you can't bet against it, but boy, if you think you're right about your handicap, there's certain prop bets that are going to make sense, other ones won't. All right, well, tomorrow we're going to start with prop bets from me and you. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app.